Dia de Muertos, or Day of the Dead, is a two-day festival celebrated November 1st and 2nd in Mexico and parts of Latin America to honor our loved ones who passed away. I talked with Matt Hooks, producer of Seattle Center Dia de Muertos Festival, and Barbara Rodriguez, producer and artistic director of the event. Next, Rodriguez and Hooks talk about what the Day of the Dead Festival is about and what's often found as part of the ofrenda, or altar, for this season. It's a nostalgic time of the year in a positive way to remember our beloved ones. The offerings that we do, there's elements in the offering that have meanings. But at the same time, I would like to share with people that you can offer what comes from your heart. It doesn't have to be a very exact. For us, it's believed that they come to visit us. And that's why we do the altar, so that we put the things that they used to like to eat to drink, and the altar has four elements on it that focuses on earth, wind, fire, and the water. There's items within the altar that represents all of that. As I was mentioning about the elements, I'm thinking of the marigolds and what they mean to the altar. The bright orange, yellowish color that they have, it's the light that guides our ancestors back to visit us in those days. And the flowers have a very special smell as well. So between those two, you know, for me smelling those flowers, I cannot <laughs> explain the feeling, you know? It's actually a very strong smell, but it's sweet. When I was a little girl, the only time of the year that we smell that is when we went to the cemetery to visit the beloved ones. So when you're younger, you don't understand the full concept of it. and some of the rituals that are done, you know, are okay with us as we get older. But when you're little and you don't understand, it can also be a little like sad and, you know, confusing. As you get older, you appreciate it. And so now smelling it makes me think of even more of my beloved ones and wanting to be in all these re- part of the rituals that we do just for this part of the year. You just mentioned the cemeteries, and as I understand, there's a ritual around cemeteries at this time. Could you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, definitely. I can share a little bit. We call it a procession when we come and visit the cemeteries, and the procession gives us the opportunity to celebrate this. Like It's not like you're throwing a party at a cemetery. (laughs) But it seems very similar as well, because you bring music, you bring food. And again, it's all about remembering what your beloved one loved or used to do, to, you know, like. And so you bring the food that they like to eat, any kind of music that they used to listen to. Around the tomb where your beloved is, you see flowers everywhere and you see candles. A lot of the places in Mexico, it's an all night process. You stay with them throughout the night and sometimes even the two days if you can you know to stay there everybody comes prepared with everything they need so they can spend the time with their beloved ones now here in the states of course it's different right we don't have those kind of access to cemeteries we don't do the tradition the same for those of us that have migrated to the states we have um, adjusted our rituals and our traditions to continue Matt, would you like to add? Most of my family 
were not buried. They were cremated and their ashes were spread. So I don't have any tombs to visit. So for me, the ofrenda offers that opportunity to bring my family to me and to surround myself with them. It's important to mention the syncretism with the Catholicism in our country. After we were conquered by the Spanish, our pre-Hispanic way of honoring our ancestors was completely different. I'm thankful that we still have a lot of how original people of Mexico used to honor their ancestors before the conquest. The bodies used to be wrapped and back to earth, right? Everything goes back to earth. So what they did is they just put some dirt on top of it, of the bodies. And we're not talking, they had, they had candles back in the day, right? So they use the flowers, the nature elements around to decorate the graves. Now comes the Catholicism, and that's when you see crosses. The Day of the Dead has changed so much over the last 500 years. It used to take place over 40 days instead of just two days. As the Mexican culture was brought into line with Spanish culture, some of the images and celebrations were incorporated into uh, Catholic festivals and the month-long celebration of dead became two days, part of All Souls Day and All Saints Day. It certainly morphed through the centuries. The, a lot of the original symbolism and the, the ideas behind it still remain, which is the most important part of it, I would say. Matt mentions how we celebrate November 1st and 2nd. The origin of the celebration actually goes back a little more to like the months of like the end of July and August, September a little bit, because it was the harvest season. It's a full circle, right? So you have the harvest, flowers are dying. So it kind of resembles how life is, right? This shape of an altar, you know, like people know the altar should be at least three levels. It's actually more than three levels, you know, so, and it all depends what part of the country and who you're talking to. The communities have different traditions as well. But that goes back to the pre-Hispanic beliefs of when the person dies, it takes four days to travel to where it's supposed to go. In this case, the place we call Mictlan. But before that, you have to go through levels. Well, we see the three levels are the purgatory, where we are now, and heaven. And that's why you see those three levels. Pre-Columbian times, they believe it was nine, and other places believe it was 12 steps that you had to take to get there. That's when it comes to the, the elements also of the altar, the water, it's important that we also put a, a glass of water in the altar because it takes time to travel to come back to visit us as well. It's also believed that they come in in the form of either butterflies or hummingbirds. So they, they come and they get here and they're thirsty and they're hungry. So it's important, you know, the food is there. 
the, the glass of water is there. And then we have copal incense is is the the smoke you know guides them as well and it purifies the spirits as they travel papel picado that represents the wind ancient times it was also made with a special paper it's known as papel amate which is mixed of like the bark of the tree and the flowers the candle symbolizes the fire the salt is also very important salt is also to purify the body and to preserve it, to safely come back to where it has to go. That's what the soul means. The flower, you know, the color, the smell, it's what's guiding them. For the most part, if you don't have the flowers in the ofrenda, it doesn't feel like an ofrenda. It's just so beautiful when you see it all decorated. And then we go to the food side of it. So traditionally, we have pan de muerto, a bread. It's a round shape, but it symbolizes the bones of the body and the scope. So the scope in the middle and then the bones in the four directions, north, south, east, west. Uh, another item that is important to the how we do altars now, the offerings is the sugar scopes. Now you find them in not just the regular sugar, but you find them in chocolate too. So they have the scope that goes in the altar. It's the person. It used to have the little piece of colorful paper in the front and you will write the name of your beloved one and then you decorate with photos if it was a, a younger soul then you will put a toy they used to play with if it was someone old enough to drink their favorite drink you put it there as well any items that it was something they enjoyed and then a lot of people are putting images of pets, companions, and guides, too. Thank you, Matt, for mentioning that. Because it is believed that when you have to cross those levels that I mentioned to you to go to the Mictlan, the first level that you have to cross, you're going to be guided by a dog. And it's the Mexican dog, Cholo, Cholo Squintle. And it's important to mention that it couldn't be any dog. There's three kinds of dogs. There's black, white, and like a grayish color. And the one that had to help you cross the river had to be the grayish one color. And as you see pictures, it's there. You can find, you know, the paintings that were still preserved. Um, that didn't get burned, <laughs> um, you will find all those elements and you will find the dogs because they're important to us. They help us get to the next level. But there is one of those levels when there is a jaguar and you actually have to fight the jaguar to get to the next level. But all of these levels actually represents your life and everything happening in your life too. In the next excerpt, Rodriguez and Hooks discuss an aspect often associated with the Day of the Dead Festival in the U.S. It's the Catarina. She's depicted as a skeleton wearing fancy dresses and a large hat. You may have seen her around in sculptures and in prints. What Catarina is and how it started, it was when the French came to Mexico and they're supposed to be the elite, right? The little fancy dresses and the hats and the beautiful ladies. 
walking around. The natives found a way to make fun of them. The natives, they used to be in the plazas. They used to be selling corn or garbanzos or like peas. So they started dressing like that to sell the corn, but it was sarcastically. So that's how the Catrinas originated. That Diego Rivera did a painting where he paints one of the Catrinas. But when Diego Rivera paints this Catrina, this painting gives it the skeleton face. He actually paints himself in there too. And he's like in a little kid holding the hand of the Catrina. It was also his way of being sarcastic. He considered himself a socialist. But then once he did that painting, that's when it became popular. And Posada was the artist that did some of this printing and incorporated the face of the Katrina. As a parody for people who wanted to look fancy, Posada was doing his linoleum cuts mm-hmm. as for printing. They were early political cartoons, and they were uh, parodies of people who wanted to tie themselves to the cultural elite, and especially like the Spanish and French, and not look Indian or native, to parody people who wanted to look like the colonizers and ignore their roots. Underneath all that, we're all the same. We, we all have, you know, bones and, and that's what's all going to be left behind. So, you know, you, you can't escape that reality. Is there anything that you wished people knew more about that, about this time that, that just doesn't get the light of day? There's always the misconception that Dia de Muertos is like Mexican Halloween. It's more like Memorial Day where you acknowledge and think about your lost loved ones and go to cemeteries. And that might be the closest American holiday. It's definitely getting popular. I believe even more after the movie that was done in Mexico that had the parade with the Katrinas. I believe it was one of the James Bond movie. That's one. And then after the movie Coco came out, that's another boom. But the Coco, it, it, it does talk about the other muertos, right? But what I'm saying is like, it got so popular, then, then it started getting people confused. Now you turn around, you see everywhere, it's kind of like the Cinco de Mayo party, you know, which we don't celebrate Cinco de Mayo as Mexicans, you know, we know what it means to us. And yes, it is important. But we don't celebrate it like that. So now it's like you turn around everywhere and, and they're like, oh, yeah, bring your outfit, the other muertos, especially the bars, you know, and the drinking and all this marketing that goes around it, which it's understandable that a business has to do whatever it takes to bring people right to the business. But at the same time, it's like take the time to inform yourself, take the time to give a little context about what the celebration is about. If you're going to do something in regards to that, then take the time to educate. That was Matt Hooks, producer of Seattle Center Dia de Muertos Festival, and Barbara Rodriguez, producer and artistic director of the same event. The Seattle Center festivities ended as they were over the weekend, but more Dia de Muertos events are ongoing through mid-November. 
You can find links to some of these events at our website at kbcs.fm.